what's our opening going to be? Somewhere beyond the sea. Okay, do something Somewhere funny. Somewhere waiting for me. Okay, funny part now. My podcast stands on open sands and watches the ships that go sailing. Okay. And then the band gets like really fucking into it. They're like. <laughs> Is there a. Um... You know what? It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> my name is Jackson McMurray. <laughs> well, I'm Adelaide McMurray, and my ideas are never supported. <laughs> and this is Nutters Aloud. Nutters Aloud, or whatever. Jackass. Whatever. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful, don't do that anymore. <laughs> okay, so, Adeline, mm-hmm. do you remember? Do I our, remember? On our Monsters Inc. episode. You had the world's hottest. Stick. When I delivered the career-making insight, <laughs> career-ending insight. <laughs> no, no, nah. The opposite. Later, I'm gonna do my cancelable insight later. That's further okay. down the road. When is that scheduled? Um, I don't know. We'll see when I think of it. Um, I have a follow-up, a sophomore effort to that incredible take. Are you ready for it? All right. Finding Nemo, right? That's the title? Yes. Titled that because Marlin is trying to find Nemo. But have you considered that Nemo is also trying to find Nemo in more of an abstract kind of way? Trying to find himself, Nemo, title of the film. Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, Adeline, do, do you want to hear yeah. a one star review of Finding Nemo? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I know, I know we're like getting right into the shit, but real quick, can we just talk about what Billie Eilish wore to the Grammys? I thought I looked dumb. I didn't think it was that cool. No, that's what I'm saying. What is okay. she doing? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm totally, I'm all for like big, crazy Grammys outfits. I thought yeah. Billie Eilish's looked lame. I didn't like it. I yeah, thought Lil well, Nas because... X's was better, and I thought the guy with the funny hat was better. I don't know who that yeah, guy was. Yeah, what's his name? But he had a very funny hat that we oh, all Billy really liked. Oh, Billy Porter. Billy Porter, everybody was really into that hat, and same, same. Everybody saw that hat and said, ah, oh, same, me, literally me. That's and me. Also, also I. Um, yeah, it's just, <laughs> Billy's just it's like, like... a weird suit with green sleeves. It's like... Yeah, and it's like, I know that's like her, her style is like wearing like kind of bigger clothes on her, and that's fine. This looks like she stole her grandpa's like pajamas. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't look good. And then just like went out, <laughs> went out into the world, Hold and on. then walked onto the Grammys red carpet <laughs> where she won like three awards. Yeah, and her sleeves are like, well, I guess they are. 
from the picture I saw, it didn't even look like the green sleeves were like coming out. It looked like they were just weird little flourishes like halfway like up little her poofs. arm. But yeah, it's, it, they are sleeves. It also makes her proportions just whack. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, looking at look. this picture, her arms look so long and then her legs are so short and right. I'm so confused. Yeah, no, it's just, it's a bad look. It's a bad look. I'm sorry, Like, God, I love Billy. She, I think she's great. This outfit's bad, though. <laughs> and look, Billy, if you're listening. Mm-hmm. I know you're a, a, a youngster, and you, so you probably like podcasts. I've heard that youngsters like podcasts, so she probably listens to ours. Um, <laughs> she's, she, I think she's one year younger than me, if yeah. I remember. <laughs> she's, no, I think she's a little bit younger than that. She's still, like, 17, isn't she? Well, she was, no, because she was 17 when she, like, first debuted, and that was, like, a year ago. Uh, okay, so she, yeah, she is one year younger than you. She was born in yeah. 01. Um, yeah. But Billy, Billy. It's cool. We like you still. It's fine. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I don't actually have a, a joke here. No. Um, <laughs> you, you thought that you would find I one. Thought, yeah, I thought I would start talking and I would be like, and I would think of something funny, but now it's just like, um, it's okay. We don't mean it. <laughs> We're just poking we fun, like, Billy. Listen, you're doing your own thing and I respect that. <laughs> and I love that you don't care about what anybody else thinks. Right, right. Uh-huh. This is still bad, though. Don't wear this again. <laughs> I mean, look. I mean, look. She didn't design it, right? That, yeah, Somebody no. It's not, it's not 100% her fault. It's just a little bit her fault. She didn't say anything against it. Yeah. I didn't get to watch the Grammys. I was kind of bummed out about it. I was I was upset that Lizzo only won, like, one thing. I, I Lizzo deserved better. I am, I am a huge sucker for award shows. Award shows are, like... I don't know. Everybody else in the world gets so mad about them. And so many yeah. people are like, it doesn't mean anything. Why do we support this? Awards for art. It's all horse shit. But it's like, okay, yeah, you're right, I guess. But still, though, I like it because it's fun. And there are a whole bunch of people that I like who are there at the same time. And then there are some concerts. And we get to talk about some stuff that we liked from the last year. So, yeah. like, you know what? I'm down for it pretty much always. And I'm going to tear up at the big movie montage with the dramatic music behind it. Because <laughs> those get me so bad. And I don't know why. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I'm always way on board with, like, award shows until the part where they start handing out awards. And right. then I'm like, ew, this is gross. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, there's a bunch of celebrities, like, hanging out. It's like, ooh, fun. It's like, oh, and they're all wearing pretty clothes. It's like, ooh, fun. And it's like... We're going to talk about and, like, take a second to really appreciate all the art that's been made. And it's like, yay, I love it. But then once they get up on the stage and they're like, all right, here's the good art and the bad art. And I'm like, no, I don't okay, think that's look, how art works. Look, look, look. It's just like. Here's every... the art that we think has value. No, here's the art that we think is the best art. Not everything that's But I don't not... think you can say what art is the best art. That's the but point of But you can say art. what you think is the best art. They're just but who, people. But who They're was saying that? It's a specific group of people. That's how you have to look at it in order to enjoy it. This is a group of people. The Academy Awards of Arts and Sciences or the Hollywood Foreign Press or the DGA or whatever award show it is. They say, hey, we got together. We voted on what we liked the most. And that's just what it is. They're not then, making some broad like objective sweeping men. That's the statement. only thing that they like. And you're allowed to say that. Speaking of Finding Nemo, uh-huh. and who all is Finding Nemo 
because multiple people are. Uh-huh. Thematically. Yeah, a right? lot of people found Nemo, too. I think That's everybody true. found Nemo. More than one person finds Nemo. There's a lot of finding Nemo going around in this movie. Can you imagine? <laughs> Willem Dafoe finds Nemo. The dentist finds Nemo. The big bird. Big bird finds Nemo. All the fish in the tank. All the tank fish. I are, Yeah, I mean, along with Willem Dafoe, well, the I rest mean, of them also. Willem Dafoe is in a hive mind. Not yet. Um, who else finds Nemo? Dory. The sea, the Ellen seagulls, DeGeneres. The seagulls find Nemo. Yeah. That's a, that's a bad kind of finding Nemo, but they still do it. The boat. The boat finds Nemo. <laughs> The ocean. The, the ocean, ocean finds Nemo. A barracuda. No, the barracuda doesn't find Nemo. Jackson, that's not a barracuda. Yes, it is. What do you mean? No, it's the glowy barracuda, the fish with teeth, and the Amazon River. At the beginning. No, you're thinking of... Um, I'm thinking it, of the or, angler. No. Wait. We're all confused. Piranhas are in the Amazon. Barracudas are the long fish. Like from the beginning. You're right, you're right, you're right. What's and the barracuda the... does not find Nemo. I would say the barracuda right. is maybe the only one who doesn't the find Nemo. The only thing in this whole movie that doesn't that, find Nemo. That doesn't find Nemo. If it found Nemo, it would be a short film. And all the all the other fish in the ocean that spread the word, they kind of found Nemo. Not they physically, found, they found but their own Nemo. The Nemo inside of Nemo. them. Yeah. Who else found Nemo, Jackson? <laughs> If you really think about podcast. it, what's the, is, it's the angler fish or the glowy ones. Yeah. I guess he doesn't find Nemo. He's not really aware of Nemo. No. God, angler fish are so fucking scary. But we don't know for sure. Maybe a fish told one, maybe one of the fish told the angler fish about Nemo. But later. then why when, wasn't he cool? It was after that though. Oh uh, God, fucking and, angler fish are fucking And he gross, was like, dude. oh man. And he like slapped his forehead and was like, I almost ate the cool Nemo dad. The cool guy. And then later they'll have a marlin and the anglerfish can crack a beer about it and be like, hey yeah. man, that, you know, the anglerfish. Sorry, I almost ate you. Anglerfish gonna angle, you know? Yeah, gonna... well, it's a, it's a female <laughs> anglerfish because the male anglerfish are like the super tiny weird things. Right. Okay, here's a new segment um, that yeah. I want to start on the show. Okay. It's called, um, it's, a, it's a spin off. Is of... it called looking up pictures of anglerfish and getting <laughs> no. really disturbed because they're fucking gross? <laughs> it's called um, Things I Learned About Ocean Life While Browsing Through IMDb Trivia. Yeah. Um, it's just one thing, but there's an IMDb Trivia entry that says At the beginning, Pearl says one of her tentacles is shorter than the rest, but it's hard to tell. On Octopi, the short tentacle is the genitalia. And I was like, that's bullshit. That you just made that up. That's not true. Mm -hmm. um, but I looked it up, and it turns out. Okay, I mean, first of all, Pearl is a cuttlefish. She's not an octopus. So, a. So that. go ahead and put that away. But turns out, octopus don't have a penis in the traditional sense. Their like sperm delivery system is just in one of their tentacles. Yeah, and they and rip they off their tentacle and they give it to the female. Well, that's a certain kind. The majority of octopus literally just kind of like reach over and just like stick their little tentacle in the female and just like drop off the sperm in there. And then they run away really fast like, because yeah, she like, will kill you. <laughs> like just like with like it's imagine like if you just like were holding your sperm and you're just like, hey, what's up? You want this? Take it. And Doesn't that happen in sex. the Silence of the Lambs? Um, 
I mean, not not in a friendly way. <laughs> <laughs> not in an amicable and consenting way. Well, I don't think it's that way with octopi either. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They're animals. Is there, is there room for romance in octopi? Um, anyway, also I learned that um, the turtles are named Crush and Squirt, and they're both named after orange soda, which I, I never even Oh, considered. you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a good piece of trivia that I was just floored by that i've been watching this movie since i was eight years old and never considered yeah. it I was like, we were just like yeah their names are crush and squirt what do you want <laughs> <laughs> i'm not looking for the hidden meaning <laughs> what are some other good orange sodas that you can name turtles after fanta sunny d that'd be kind of funny sunny d yes well because that's just that's just a server bro <laughs> name in itself <laughs> yeah totally uh hold on totally. orange sodas our All friend right. who we used to go to youth group with, he, is, he plays Crush at Disneyland. So for, yeah, so yeah. there was a one time that we went to Disneyland and Jackson just got absolutely roasted <laughs> by Crush. And That's it was right. the funniest thing on the planet. Yeah, so they have an exhibit, at, not an exhibit, an event at thing Disneyland. To. Yeah, where they have this like high tech um, screen where like Crush comes out and there's, you know, there's a guy behind it who does the voice and they can press different buttons to activate different animations for Crush on screen and you can like talk to him and interact with him, right? And one of our friends from the church that we went to when we were growing up works there now and does the voice of Crush and like operates that whole thing. So when we went to Disneyland, um, he just <laughs> really, really singled us out. Yeah, well, no, he singled really, you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, singled me out and just roasted the fuck out of me as Crush in front of an ocean of nine-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> It was just good. It was just a he, good well, time. he also like at, he was like, "Where are you from?" And you're like, "Spokane." He was like, "Oh, what do you do in Spokane for fun?" And you were like, "We chill at the park." And he was like, "Cool, <laughs> <laughs> just chilling at the park." <laughs> That's a good day. <laughs> it was a great day. Uh, there's also Dad's orange soda. You could have a turtle named Dad. <laughs> That's his name. Yeah. This is Dad. Um, Sunkist, Zevia, you never turtle Zevia, Scusi, <laughs> um, Zendaya, ah, uh, Fago, orange That's flavor. Good. Okay, what's up? My name is Fago, orange flavor. <laughs> I'm definitely smoking weed as we speak. <laughs> Mountain Dew Kickstart, <laughs> yeah, this is Kickstart. <laughs> Anyway, uh, now that we're done talking about orange soda, yeah. Um, <laughs> what? So we this I remember this was the first DVD we ever owned. I remember. Okay. Um, I did. I, <laughs> what? I didn't remember that. Oh yeah, because I just remember we got the DVD player for Christmas. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who gave it to who, or if it was just like our parents bought it at Christmas time for the family, and we like opened it at Christmas time. It was one of those. Um, but like the time when mom bought dad the PS3, but it wasn't like dad's PS3. It was like no, it was, it was the family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, any, but I remember we got Finding Nemo with it, and for a really long time that was the only DVD we had. And I remember being so excited because this was at the very beginning of DVD technology, right? Yeah. Where like the whole a selling point disc. was the the bonus features, and I was constantly seeing commercials on TV where the huge selling point for the home video release of all these kids' movies was like, and check out 
this interactive game built into the disc. Oh, they were so into that. They could use the like left, right, back and forth buttons on the on the DVD remote to like play a really bad game um, on the DVD menu. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I thought and in my mind as a little kid, I was like, oh, it's basically like a movie and a video game together in one disc. Um, but I remember spending so much time on all the miscellaneous menus and bonus features on the Finding Nemo disc, including, like, a gallery of, like, storyboard art and, like, clay physical models that they made for each of the, like, character models that you could yeah. click through um, that were, like, three-dimensional and they spun around. And I thought that was the coolest shit in the world. Um and the director and the writer would say things like, Marlin is finding Nemo, but Nemo is also finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just all these incredible things that I learned from the DVD bonus features of Finding Nemo. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> any, any thoughts on DVD bonus features? I All I remember, this doesn't have to do with anything. It's just, just us enjoying DVDs. I remember the bonus features on Tim Burton's Willy Wonka Charlie, Ch- Charlie the Chocolate Factory, right. and learning all of the dances all the that dances. the Oompa Loompas yeah. would do. We had that shit memorized. Oh man, that rules! I I keep thinking we should do that movie on this podcast. Okay, but if we I, do that, we have to record us doing all the dances. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Okay, I guess so. Because <laughs> um, we, um, I was, I watched it recently, and it kind of holds up. Like to be honest. Yeah, I feel like great. that has, like, a later Burton bad reputation, but I still dug it. I still liked it a lot. And all those Oompa Loompa songs are basically just, like, Wango Blango songs, which yeah, is also no, very yeah. cool. Um, so, I know this is the thing with the Screen Actors Guild, is that the number of times that you're in a movie, you have to, like, get paid for every... Like, if you play more than one role, you get paid for each of those roles. You don't get paid straight... Like, you're in the movie, you get paid once, you get paid for every role that you have. So did Deep Roy just, like, make fucking bank on that movie, or how does that work? So, yeah, no, that's the story, is that um, he didn't really necessarily have a very high hourly pay, but the SAG rules say that you need to get a bonus for every discrete character that you play. Yeah. That's, like, one of the rules. So, basically, and, you know, in a situation like that, usually they would just be a negotiation with the actor. It'd be like, okay, we're not going to pay you that bonus every time, but we will pay you more than usual and, you know, yeah. you'll waive that right or whatever. But um, basically, Deep Roy was like, no, I will not. I, I will absolutely not waive that right. And Tim Burton was like, I will not cast anyone else other than Deep Roy. And <laughs> so Deep Roy made like $10 million. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> good for him. Yeah, exactly. Like Tim Burton and Deep Roy just like, conned the system so hard in order to get Deep Roy the biggest possible payday on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I mean, is Deep... I only know Deep Roy from, like, Tim Burton films. Has he acted in other things? He's just been around. He was, um... He played Droopy McCool in Return of the Jedi. Cool. Oh, Um, is that him? Yeah, the blue guy with the weird keyboard. That's hilarious. That is Deep Roy. Um... (laughs) He, yeah, I don't know. He's just around. You know, there are a lot of little people in the film industry that just, you know, do little roles and odd jobs when you, when they are needed, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I know he was in the most recent Star Trek movie. I don't know of any other, like, real meaty roles he's had before, though. Let's see. Let's see what the internet has to say about Deep Roy, which is a great name, by the way. Yeah. It sounds like, 
It sounds like if you were like unraveling a corporate conspiracy, you got a mysterious phone call. They'd be like, my name is not important. You can call me Deep Roy. <laughs> that's what I that's what I think of. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think of like a SoundCloud rapper, but you do you. Deep Roy. That's also would be a good SoundCloud rapper name. Um, he was born in Kenya. It's cool. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Good for Kenya. Um, yeah, he was in Neverending Story. Um, We're going to well, stop talking was... about Finding Nemo to talk about Deep Roy for Deep a little Roy bit. Deep Roy for but... a little while, yeah. I guess he was in all three Star Trek movies. I didn't know oh, that. Nice. He was in a short film called Juthwick. Um. <laughs> like the words Jew and Catholic together, I guess. Oh, okay. Um. He was in Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. I don't know what he was doing in that, but he was. <laughs> but he sure was. Oh, he was one of the hitchhiking ghosts in the Haunted Mansion. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Do you think we'll ever see that movie? Adeline, tell me a secret. Um, do you think that when you die, you will have seen Eddie Murphy's The Haunted Mansion? Uh, I really don't know. <laughs> what, do you, what do you expect to be the case? I mean... Probably, I mean, I will probably watch it as a goof at some time in my life. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I can't imagine. I don't know if I would ever want to, but it seems like the kind of movie Inevitable. that still comes up every once in a while. And there's got to be some point in this life of mine where I do sit down and watch Eddie Murphy's The Haunted Mansion. That's like because that's like Disney, like making a movie for the Haunted Mansion, right? It's not just a coincidence. Yeah, no, it was a Disney movie because Pirates of the Caribbean was an enormous blockbuster hit. That's right. So they thought they would do the like total opposite of that and make an Eddie Murphy movie. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, look, I I don't think it's really ideologically that different. Like having, um, uh, what's his name, Johnny Depp play Jimmy Captain Jack Sparrow like is just like totally I mean he's not like a comedic actor but it's like kind of a left field decision to like do take a big swing on something you know yeah. and I feel like take Eddie Murphy put him in a haunted mansion that sounds like a recipe for success to me I guess it's just because there is some story to the Pirates of the Caribbean like in the ride yeah. like there's like a story going on so it's like it makes sense to, like make an action adventure movie out of that like little story and just like beef right. it up a little bit more and then I'm trying to think if they ever tried to mine like Disneyland IP ever again I well, guess it was I... Tomorrowland yeah but that that sucked nobody liked that <laughs> have you seen it no I want to watch it one of these days because it's Brad Bird and I've yeah. heard a lot of people say that it's a really fascinating movie, even if it doesn't work a lot of the time. Yeah, like, at it's least they're like, trying stuff. Yeah, like, Brad Bird is an interesting enough director that even when he makes a bad movie, you still kind of want to watch it, you know? Yeah. Well, because I am 100% convinced that they made uh, The Princess and the Frog in 1920s New Orleans for the New Orleans area <laughs> Disneyland. Right. So they could put Tiana there, which is fine, because Princess and the Frog is a fantastic movie. But, like, I don't know. They haven't really expanded, like, the Disney parks since yeah. the Star Wars area. <coughs> Sorry, I choked. Can right. we talk about how fucking dope the new Star Wars area looks? God, like, I want to go got, so bad. I know, they got that ride where you, like, drive the Millennium Falcon, and that looks dope as hell. Like, you get, like, a crew of people, and you drive the Millennium Falcon around. Yeah, and the whole gag. I don't know. Basically, the gag is that there are, like, Four different places you can be on the spaceship. 
and each one of them has a has a discrete like gamified ride built into it right yeah we're like based on each one you're like doing a different thing like as a sort of a game while you're on this roller coaster yeah um so there's like four different rides potentially that you could take on the one ride yeah and then depending on how good you are at it all the like animatronics and whatever will like talk to you about how good or bad you were at shooting TIE Fighters. Yeah. Which I think is so good. It's so good. <laughs> and then they just have stormtroopers just, like, walking around harassing people, and it's hilarious. <laughs> like, it's so good. God. And they oh. have to make your own lightsaber thing, but now they're, like, real good lightsabers that cost, like, $100, which no, probably means that. No, you know what they that... have? What? They have build-your-own droid stations. I saw you that. Can you can make, make a your little own BB-8. remote control droids. Okay. I am such a big fan of all old sad robots. I know. This is you something get to make I, your own sad robot, <laughs> I get to make my own sad robot. This is something I discovered about myself after we recorded the Castle in the Sky episode. This is Posh. something I've always known about you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's one of those things everybody else knew it, but it just took me a little bit longer to piece it together. Anytime, okay, a robot should be old and broken. It should be sad, and it should not have a human face. Those are my jam. Those are all great robots. I think I'm surprised you don't like Wally more. Wally, yeah, I guess. Wally's a little bit too cutesy. He's not sad. He can't be sad if you so desire. He's a very perky and optimistic young robot. And that's not quite the same thing. That's true. That's true. I'm trying to think what the good examples were that I said earlier. Bastion. Um, Oh, Bastion from Overwatch is a good, decrepit, old, sad robot without a human face. And C-3PO has too much of a face, but R2-D2 is is great. Um, R2-D2 is not really that sad either. R2-D2 is less sad than C-3PO, but still. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like the majority of robots in Star Wars are kind of decrepit and old and sad. Why did R2-D2 do shit in the new trilogy? (laughs) He didn't do a goddamn thing. Okay, okay, wait. So it's my understanding that C-3PO doesn't kill anybody in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, no, I'm sorry to tell you. He doesn't kill anybody. Not to do Rise of Skywalker spoilers two episodes in a row. again. I was so fucking sure that they were going to engage instant kill mode on C-3PO and he was just (laughs) going to go fucking batshit crazy. I've Did just... he? But okay, wait. On that poster, he's holding a crossbow. Does he hold a crossbow? I I think they're like running around and doing stuff with C three PO. So maybe he does. I can't remember like, like a, a scene. Split second. Yeah, I can't remember a scene where he's like actively fighting though. Okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, Star Wars isn't over. Maybe someday C three PO will kill somebody. Well, it's a, it's, he's a Skywalker because Anakin <laughs> is his dad. That's true. That is true. He is technically a Skywalker. Yeah. Episode 10, the Skywalker saga continues based on C-3PO. C-3PO, C-3PO okay, Star Wars on. story. Okay, God damn it! We're going to have to do Rise of okay. Skywalker spoiler tag again. Why does Pop. this always happen on our fucking Pixar movies? It's because <laughs> everybody knows that this movie is good. So right. why would we talk about it? <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So, C-3PO. Yes. Um. No, wait, no. Are there even any Skywalkers in Rise of Skywalker? I guess Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren is like kind of because he he's doesn't Leia's rise, son, but he's technically a Solo because they call him Ben Solo. Right, but he dies in it, doesn't he? He dies at the very end. 
So he doesn't rise. No, well, like, it's because it's because he's not Ky- Kylo Ren dies, and then Ben Solo is reborn, and then Ben Solo also dies. <laughs> okay, but Princess Leia dies probably, right? Yeah, or do she, they yeah. just Okay, yeah, no, she does. So every Skywalker in it fucking dies. There are no yeah. rising Skywalkers. Well, but then at the very end of the movie, there's like the lady. She's like, "It's been so long. Who are you?" And she's like, "Ray." And she's like, "Ray who?" And she's like, "Ray." Looks over at Force Ghosts. Ray Skywalker, and then the credits roll. Right. So it's like she it doesn't count though. That's she's cute. like choosing to be a part of something good instead of being right. a part of like who she right, is right. or whatever. Doesn't so count, it's though. like the rise of Skywalker is like her choosing good because Skywalker equals good and uh-huh, yeah. bad guy equals bad. Okay, we're gonna stop this now. We can't okay. do forty minutes of Skywalker spoilers <laughs> again. Um, a second again. time. <laughs> Um, oh, I was going to say that at one point Disney made a comic book based on uh, Thunder Mountain Railroad, which I heard was kind of good, but they didn't, that never really caught on. Is it like a slice of of life Americana about miners or what? No, it was about like a guy who does like a heist on a train, I think. And it was like kind of tangentially related to Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. That's fine. yeah. Well, because mom has talked about going to Disneyland this summer, so save up money. Because like part of me oh, like really wants to build a lightsaber. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, god! It's Ooh, like a hundred. No, I'm gonna build a droid. I have to look up how much the droids are. Because if I could have my own remote control sad robot, I would just be the happiest little boy on the planet. And the light—they're both really expensive. I know the lightsaber is like a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, finding Nemo. Finding Nemo, all right? Marlin's finding Nemo. Nemo's finding Nemo. Dory's Everybody's finding, finding Nemo. Nemo. I'm going to keep saying this over and over again this whole podcast. Cool, great. I'm amazing. Um, okay. Uh, I want to say I love Pixar's now, like, reoccurring gag of giving goofy characters just hilariously regular names, right? Yeah. Like, there's that moment at the beginning where all the kids are playing around, and they're just like, hey, get off Mr. Johansson's yard. And it's yeah, like, it's the giant fish flat whose fish. name is Mr. Johansson. Like, he's not German. Why is he named that? He's a fish. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I just think that's great. I love that. I mean, I think this movie is just really a great example of Pixar's mastery of character. Because there's so many minor characters in this movie. And they're all just, mm. like, characterized so quickly and so effectively. Like, you have the group of, like, dads. And, like, you immediately know who, like, all those dads are. And right. you have the dad shitty little kids. And you have Mr. Johansson. <laughs> like, it's just... It's so right. they're so good at just making characters and making them feel real in such a short amount of time. Totally. Um, this is, I think, Pixar's first time dipping their toe into the sad opening, right? Yeah. Which they start to do more often. It's not. It's not like an always thing, but like they become sort of known for it. Like Up is the most famous example. Yeah. And also, um, what are some other good ones? Is this going to be like that time when I say that Monsters, Inc. is like Wreck-It Ralph, and then that's the only other example I have? that's the only thing that you can think of. Hold on. Hold on. Inside Out, did that... I don't remember well No, enough. I mean, they move. It's not sad. It's a little bit sad, maybe. Even though it's a movie about depression. Ratatouille is not sad. Well, he's not sad. Ratatouille is heartbreaking. <laughs> what happens at the beginning of Ratatouille? They get shot by the grandma. Oh, that's right. No, that's not sad. Ratatouille um, dies. <laughs> okay, never mind. Whatever. Fuck me, I guess. Hey, Jackson, <laughs> uh, if just edit, edit this in instead. The beginning of this movie is really sad, kind of like how Up is. 
You yeah. know what I just realized? I've become IMDb trivia. That's what I am now. <laughs> You've gone too far. <laughs> yeah. I just like find some things that are a little bit similar between two movies. And, and you write that shit down. And act like it's cool. You know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it. You know what? I'm going on IMDb right now. I'm writing it down. No. I'm gonna see I'm gonna see if they'll let me just put some trivia on Finding Nemo. Talk about something while I do so this. So what I think is really effective about the I guess this is my podcast now. <laughs> what I think is really effective about the animation in this movie is that there is so much going on on screen, like, all totally. the time. Like, anytime we're in, like, the reef area, there's, like, crazy colorful reef that makes up the scenery. And then you have, like, the ceiling of the ocean that's always moving and colorful. And then you have all the fish, like, interacting with the coral while the camera is moving. And there's just so much going on in every shot. And then nothing gets lost, and it's easy to look at. Like, the way that they are, like, able to convey something so chaotic in such a, like artistic and clear way it's just crazy right no and i was really wondering in terms of like 3d animation what does it take to animate just like the vast unending maw of the ocean yeah yeah like what does that look like do they set up like a skybox because it doesn't look like it well because you have another thing that they convey really well is the fact that they're in water all the time like they convey the fact that they're in water super well with just like particles and stuff like that and like the coloring and stuff and right. like, God, this movie's so good at showing how fucking scary the ocean is. Yeah, dog, it's so like, good. That first shot where he's chasing after the boat and he's like just under the surface of the water and you can't see like the ground beneath it and he's just like in the water and you're like, oh, fuck, fuck the ocean, dude. <laughs> ocean sucks. Ocean ocean sucks. Ocean's haunted. We're not going in there. <laughs> um. Okay, hold on. One sec, one sec. I'm or like confirming the fucking, my IMDb when they account. Go, when they get out, when they're done hanging out with Crush, and they get where they're going, and they have to go into, like, the foggy part of the ocean, and they're right. just, like, suspended in the ocean, and then there's a fucking whale, and it's fucking yeah. scary. <laughs> so, okay, here's my other um, uh, big sort of take about this movie. Uh-huh. It's not, like, a crazy galaxy brain take. It's just, like, a real thing I want to say. Okay, um, great. It's just that, like, I'm fascinated by how, like episodic and odyssey like it is oh yeah it's like one of these just adventure stories it's not necessarily very cause and effect driven but it's just about one guy who does a bunch of cool things Mm -hmm. like he does this and then he does this and then he does this and then he does this and there's a goal and he's going somewhere he's trying to do something yeah but you know it's not like a really tightly written story it's just like oh yeah he finds some sharks and then he gets in a whale and then he falls down in the ocean and, you know, all the, you know, the things that happen in, in the movie. In you know? Fighting you know Emo, yeah. Sorry, I'm saying that while also multitasking, uh, adding my good thing to... Stop trying to put things on IMDb right now. <laughs> no, I'm going to. Hold on. Wait until after the podcast. No, I have to do it on air. Hold on. Give me, give me 10 seconds. I'm almost there. I made an IMDb account. Oh my god. Just for this, Finding Nemo, add one item. Yes. Oh, here we go. Here we go. New item number one. Finding Nemo opens with a family tragedy. Kind of like how in Up, it also do be like that. Which also 
is a Pixar film. Wow. Film. Does this count as trivia time? It really do (laughs) feel like that sometimes. Finding Nemo opens with a family tragedy, kind of like how in Up the Wife Dies, which is also a Pixar film. They really do be like that sometimes. Check these updates. Let's go. That's on par for (laughs) trivia time. Provide an explanation. Okay, hold on. Yeah, explain your thinking. (laughs) Give me genuine dead air so I can figure out this interface. These are... There are some... It's it's warning me that there are some spelling mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, bro, you should know. Pixar. Yeah. That's a word. Pixar is a word. Do I need to capitalize it? Probably. That's hilarious that it won't allow spelling mistakes. That's hilarious, actually. They won't (laughs) Um, read it to make sure it's not just fucking nonsense, but God, they don't want any misspelled words in there. You're going to make them look bad, Jackson. Submit these updates. Thank you for your contribution to IMDb. Great, great, great. It's being processed by our team. They're not going to let it through. No, it's not being processed by any team. They're just hitting send on that shit. (laughs) God, I hope they let it through. Okay, cool guys. Cool guys. Uh, we call our audience cool guys. Go on IMDb Nemo. I, I need you to check out the trivia page for IMDb Nemo. Because if my if my thing is on there, I am counting on you to push that thing to the fucking top of the charts, okay? <laughs> I'm going to be trivia time today. What do you have to say about um, Finding Nemo? Finding Adelaide? Nemo? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, let's just see. I mean... Watching, I have watched uh, Finding Dory more recently than I've watched Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the same thing kind of happened with Monsters, Inc. and Monsters University, where I was like, oh, the animation is pretty much the same. And then I go and watch the first one. And I'm like, oh, this is just what I thought the animation looked like. <laughs> right. And now it actually looks like how I thought it looked. Right. Because, like, Finding Nemo still looks really fucking great. But just, like, we've talked about this before. Like, Pixar has just, like, nailed textures so much. And that's just, like, the one thing that's, like, hasn't aged mega well with Finding Nemo. It's, like, the textures on, like, the fish just aren't as clean as they are in the new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it, just in terms of storytelling, I don't remember who it was that said this. But somebody that was on a podcast or wrote a review or something or something was talking about how, like, a lot of things tend to rely overly heavily on a big reveal. You know, mm-hmm. like especially especially in television, but in a lot of other things also, where it's Looking like at you things, frozen. R- right? But it's like, but not even like a twist, just like withholding information from you, right? Before yeah. they can reveal it at a at an interesting time. But I think the opposite can sometimes be just as interesting. This is also what the person said, whoever it might have been. Um, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> but sometimes it's just as interesting to just tell you what you need to know right up front. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so that you can just let that experience inform the character immediately as you're watching it the first time, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that is really well uh, illustrated here because it would be so easy to just open with the first day of school and be like, oh, Marlon's so crazy. Why is he so neurotic and worried about Nemo? And mm-hmm. then halfway through the movie, you have that big like, reveal oh, where his he, wife he opens up to Dory about how his wife died by Barracuda and blah, blah, blah. But instead, they just show you right at the beginning. 
So you know immediately why he is the way he is. And it endears you to his character so strongly and so immediately. And yeah. I think that's an, a much more effective choice than making it a secret to the audience, you know? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, well, because I feel like a lot of time those reveals are like, you didn't like this character, but now you do like him because you know what happened to him. Right. Like, kind now of don't thing. you feel bad for being judgmental. Yeah, exactly. And like, it just, it makes more sense to be like, this is just telling you like why he is this way and then see what he does. Because I mean, this whole movie is about, is like the difficulty of raising children and especially the difficulty of raising children with disabilities and like, right. Especially because Marlon, like, kind of has a traumatic past and has trauma that he's working through. Like, I feel right. like it would kind of be, it would just, yeah, like, we wouldn't like Marlon. And then the movie would be like, oh, you're such a jerk for not liking Marlon. So right. I like that it's, like, telling you all the information so that we can be talking about the main theme throughout the whole movie. Instead of waiting to take talk about the theme till it's like revealed that we're even talking about anything, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I also think there's just a great little animation moment that I never thought about before when I watched it as a kid, mm-hmm. where like as they're like excitedly swimming to school the first day, and they're like going through that like corridor or whatever, and mm-hmm. Nemo's just like swerving around all over the place, and Marlin is constantly just like kind of nudging him back towards the middle of the path, you know, yeah. as they're swimming around. I don't know if you ever noticed that, but I just thought yeah. that was so funny. Like, I don't know, because it's not even necessarily like, oh, he can't swim. It's just like he's really excited. And yeah. he's just like veering all around because he's got his weird fin. And it's just like, okay, okay, buddy, like, chill out. <laughs> Pal? <laughs> Anyone um, who has ever been around children knows that feeling. I'm like, okay, yeah. dude. <laughs> um, I think it's really interesting. There's a phenomenon in a lot of animated movies where, because, um, you know, you basically have to create a vocal track before you really start doing, like, storyboards and stuff for an animated yeah. movie. And you do it just with whoever's around, whatever animators want to, like, sit down and record. Yeah, it's usually recorder. just the storyboard artists, like, just doing yeah. what they can. Um, but I'm so fascinated by the times when those storyboard artists just get to be the voice in the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, Because Mr. Ray is one of the storyboard artists, and Crush is just played by Andrew Stanton, who's the director. Um, and, like, I don't know, I just think it's so fascinating, like, which characters and which voices, like, stand out so strongly when you're just doing it off the cuff that you're like, no celebrity voice actor is gonna have a better effect than jeremy yeah doing this voice yeah (laughs) well it's because i think it really depends like when you have like main characters and stuff you kind of you kind of have an idea at least in the back of your head of like what celebrity is going to play them or like what they sound like and like it like because they're such a strong character they're so well developed that they have like a specific voice in your head and so you're trying to find that voice and it's usually not you it's like someone you like need to like put the right voice to it But I feel like with minor characters that you're kind of developing as you go, I think it makes a lot more sense for it to be like, I did this voice this way and I don't think anyone else is going to do the goof as well as I'm doing it. So I'm just (laughs) going to do the goof myself. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other good examples. Um, the, the, like, special agent in The Incredibles with the super deep voice yeah. is just a Pixar animator. Yeah. Um, and Brad Bird does the voice of Edna Mode and... Like, I don't know. It just, it happens a lot. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I think that's so fascinating to, like, think about and try to dissect. Um, yeah, I mean, because it really is, 
some characters I think do kind of like emerge from improv or I'm like you kind of feel like that sometimes yeah I'm gonna try something weird and if it's funny we'll do it and if it's not funny we won't do it and sometimes you do it and it's really fucking funny and you're like okay I have this character now am I gonna do it or am I gonna have to like struggle to find someone who can do this bit as good as I can do it and right. sometimes the answer is no. And then you just put that in your, like, arsenal of, like, SNL characters. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. So, yeah, apparently um, one of the things I found out from the good trivia on IMDb trivia um, is that... Uh, fuck, what's the guy's name who plays Marlon? He's one of the Simpsons' voices. Marlon Brando. Um, Albert Brooks. Um, apparently there's, like, an hour's worth of unused footage of Marlon Brooks just telling jokes in the least funny way possible <laughs> that they had to pick through. So they just had him like go into the booth and be like, okay, so uh, there's a, well, you know, there's the, there's a, a, bar a barnacle and he says, I, well, I mean, I don't know. He, it's a barnacle, so it doesn't talk, but it, you know, it's a joke. You gotta suspend your disbelief for the joke. There's just like an hour of him just like sucking ass at telling <laughs> jokes that they like pick the jokes from. And I just think that's hilarious. It's really good. Um, the uh I, I, lo I love well, okay. stuff like that when they like have an animator do something and it's not something they're ever going to use but they're like we just want to like have this you know right because i think i think my favorite example of that is john mulaney as a spider pig but he oh, was right. auditioning for it and they didn't really tell him what he was auditioning for so they were like just just go for it so there's all these takes of spider pig just like swearing and it's hilarious right. <laughs> <laughs> um okay look Here's something I just got to say. Okay. The butt joke yeah. is funny. It works. Okay. It's a good joke. Okay. I know it's all around just the fact that the word butt is funny. But hey, look, I don't want to be the first to tell you this. The word butt is funny. Okay, Jackson. So, like, it, it's a good joke because butt is a funny word. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay. It's a good joke. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> um by I mean, the way imdb says that they'll be finished processing my trivia by january 30th so by the time this episode comes out we will know for sure gotcha. whether or not i passed the test yeah i was like we were talking about how this movie is really like episodic kind of like the odyssey right and what's really nice about that is that it really never slows down which is really really nice like we just go mm -hmm. from one thing to the next and i lead into into each other like pretty smoothly the one the one transition that i don't like is the one where the boat explodes and they wake up and the boat is just like totally some somewhere who knows where it's somewhere else now though <laughs> right. which is fine because it, it makes us do what we need to do but i was when yeah. i was a kid even i was like wait where the fuck are we now right no yeah and there's like i said it's not like cause and effect driven it's just like um so they're swimming around and then a shark shows up there's a shark now and you're like oh yeah. cool Tight. Yeah. There's a shark now. <laughs> I mean, um, I will accept that there's a shark now. Right. Um, what What is Odysseus trying to do in the Odyssey? I don't remember. He's trying to get home. He's trying to get back from the Trojan War. Oh, really? Yeah. Because he gets stranded on the island for like 10 years or whatever. And he's... I thought it was... I thought it was like The Hobbit where... He, like, no. goes out to do something, and then it's just like, and then he went home. No, because it's the Iliad and the Odyssey, and the Iliad is all about the Trojan War. And then after the Trojan War is over, it's Odysseus trying to get back home. Right. So that someone doesn't marry that, his wife. I forgot that the Odyssey is a sequel. 
The Odyssey's so good, dog. I love the Odyssey. The sequ- but, you know, the sequels are never as good as the original, Yeah, you right? know. See, <laughs> the joke is I've never read the Iliad. <laughs> I was like, do you want to read the Iliad or the Odyssey? And it's like, why the fuck would I read the Iliad? <laughs> is, there even, is the Iliad even cool? I don't, I think, I don't know. I mean, you get. Oh, you sorry. Get... I for some reason Siri kicked on when I asked if the Iliad is even cool, and I don't know why. <laughs> She's got strong opinions about it. I apparently it just says that I asked her, "Is it even cool?" And she said, "Well, it's thirty nine degrees Fahrenheit right now." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I mean, I think it's cool because it talks about like it's cool because it's like a historical event, and it's like talking about like Greek mythology like in the historical event. So it's like, oh, Aphrodite was on this side, and Hermes was on this side. So it's like kind of cool to like look at a historical event through the eyes of like the Greeks. Right. But uh, the Odyssey is just cooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's what I was thinking about. Okay. How is it that nobody has done like a premium cable like eight episode maxi series based on the Odyssey? I'm like, sure doesn't it that exists. Just seem, doesn't that just seem like a slam dunk if like HBO yeah. or Showtime or something was just like we cast fucking Henry Cavill as Odysseus and we're going to do this mega budget television miniseries, limited yeah. series based on the Odyssey. Wouldn't that See, just kick ass? My fear would it would is that it would be more like 3000 when I would want it to be like The Witcher, you know? Like I would want it to what like is be 3000. 2000? What's the one where he's like this is Sparta? Oh, 300. 3 <laughs> whatever. <laughs> All right. It's like I, they would make it like too like gritty and really like that like kind of style. Like I would want it to like have a sense of humor and like be colorful sometimes. Like I would I want it. Yeah. I don't want like gross muddy action. Right. I want like I want to okay, have well, fun on the Odyssey. Okay, Adeline. Here's how I know that you haven't seen 300. Okay. Um, if you've seen even a frame of 300, you would know that it looks like a fucking perfume commercial. Oh, okay. Well, it you know, I'm just like... talking about like big muscle boy like army. Like, kind right. of movie, and that was just the first movie that popped into my head that I thought yeah. was like that. No, yeah, But you okay. know what I mean. 300 has kind of a complicated reputation, because, like, people kind of make fun of it for being schlocky and whatever. But, like, seriously, it's, like, the total, like, Zack Snyder. Everything is so insanely color-graded, and so, like, everything's in slow motion, and every single Spartan warrior is, like, cut out of stone and looks like a perfect specimen of a person. It literally looks like a perfume commercial that makes you uncomfortable, like, the entire movie. And everything's always, like, smoky and dramatic, and, like, the whole movie just looks like that. It's insane. Okay. I I don't know. I just... It's so crazy to me that that's what 300 is, because I never would have expected it to be like that until I watched it, and I was like, oh... This is what 300 has been this whole time? (laughs) This is what we've been talking about? (laughs) Right. Anyway, um, the bit where Dory is like, oh, I know, uh, whatever. What did she say? Where the boat is. (laughs) Right. Okay. Yeah. I saw a boat follow me. Let's go. And then she like starts swimming and Marlon's like following her. And then she just like slowly starts to like, you know, walk normally. Yeah. Yeah. And then like she turns around and looks bag and she like thinks he's following her is like such good visual storytelling yeah like and it tells you so much about the character before like the full big reveal where she's like oh i have short-term memory loss um but like it clues you in so strongly and so cleanly and it just like makes so much sense it's just really good and there's no dialogue in it you just like are seeing them do their thing it rules 
Just, yeah. Have you ever considered that Pixar is really good at storytelling? Has anybody <laughs> ever, ever said that before? Um, is this a fresh hot take? Straight from the oven. <laughs> That's what my Incredibles hot take is going to be. Pixar comes out with a lot of really good movies. Yeah, they do a good job. Um, I should update the IMDb trivia on Monsters, Inc. too with my other good takes. <laughs> I'll do that if they let me do it later. <laughs> yeah. God. Um, I really love, first of all, I love how they animate Bruce. Like, he just seems so huge. And, like, the way that you can, like, hear the water, like, move whenever he swims. Like, it's right. just the sound design in this movie is really, really good. And, and like, like, his mouth makes so much noise. Yeah, it's, like, it. vital to the feeling of being underwater. But also, like, things like making Bruce just seem huge. Like, right. sound design is excellent, eh? Yeah. And, like, but, yeah, I don't know. You can hear, like, his teeth clicking around in his mouth whenever he's talking. It, yeah. like, makes it really feel, like, big and sharp and dangerous, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's great. Um, speaking of, uh, I'm going to try a different thing this podcast where I just pepper in trivia time when it's relevant to what we're talking we're about. We're already, like, an hour into this, Jackson. <laughs> but, okay. Um, did you know Anchor, one of the sharks, is very self-conscious about his head shape and does not like anyone staring at it? That, that's just a lie. You just made that up. That's a head cannon. That's not trivia. There's no source on that. Did you know no that Hammerhead to... and Chum are dating and they're in love <laughs> and they go on long walks in the water all the time? I can only assume there's some sort of expanded universe novelization of Finding Nemo. Some or it talks about it. Some spin-off comic book somewhere where they say that Anchor is very self-conscious about the shape of his head. Because like, like that's that's not that's a headcanon. That's not trivia. <laughs> Did you also know? You know what? I guess I'll just do all of it here because two of them are shark related and one of them isn't related to anything. Okay, great. Um, Did you know that while many fans of Finding Nemo believe Bruce to be a villain, he actually is not, since he was nice to Marlin and Dory and never showed any signs of true evil. First of all, <laughs> I don't know how you're defining true evil, because I don't think you can just define that. <laughs> Second of all, he tries to eat both of them. Yeah, uh-huh. If you're is that really to, true evil? You <laughs> we want to go into what true evil means. Like, if you want to say he's not a villain because he gets redeemed at the end, and it's because he's a man who suffers from a crippling addiction, <laughs> then I'd be like, yeah. But to say that he never tried to hurt Marlon and Dory is just is right. false. <laughs> he was nice to them, though. He That's what they said. They said he was nice to them, which is true. Yes. He was nice to them. He just then also tried, tried to, eat, to them. eat them right afterwards. So technically, he's correct, I suppose. Hey, Adeline, did you know that this is Nathan Lane's favorite animated movie? Good for Nathan Lane. Yeah. Voice of Timon. Yeah his favorite movie finding nemo what's you know his that? favorite color i don't know i wonder if we could find out what color are <laughs> his is, eyes this Dreamy? is the nathan lane segment uh, and like did you know that this is the only g-rated film in pixar's finding franchise there's two there's two of them this there's is the two only of them. One and this one's rated g and the other's rated pg that's so the, stupid. The only one in the whole Finding franchise. Man, the whole entire. Just the the huge. 
And I hate that they call it the Finding franchise. That's the worst. Yeah, that's the worst. I hate it. Unless they're, like, finding Marwin. What's his name? Marlin? Marwin. Welcome to Marwin, starring Steve Carell. Yeah. Finding Marwin, and then they get, and then they find him, because he's going to learn the same lesson again about letting people, trusting people to do things. Right. He's Uh going to learn it a third time. But maybe it'll be about himself. Well, I've got to let myself do things. And then when we cover that episode on the podcast, I'll be like, I mean, look, metaphorically, Marlin does find Marlin, but Dory finds Marlin, Nemo Nemo finds finds Marlin, Marlin. the funny fish that um, Ed Harris plays, the octopus, I mean, he finds Marlin, assuming he comes back for the three. His name is Hank. Thank you. Okay. And... Did I say Ed Harris? I meant Ed O'Neill. Also, anyway. the, the Hank two is funny like the whales. only good part of Finding Dory. Like I love <laughs> Hank. Yeah, I don't know. I need to watch it again. I it's just not... remember going to see Finding Dory with Anna when it came out. Yeah, and I didn't care about it, but Anna wanted to see it, and I just remember wanting to go see Captain America: Civil War again instead. <laughs> um. And when we got to the theater, they were like, oh, Fighting Dory's kind of full, but, you know, we've still got seats in, like, the front two rows, which is not even that bad at the theater we're at. And no. I knew that, because I've had to do that sometimes, and it's not the worst. It could be a lot worse, but I just remember being like, oh, hmm, I don't know, Anna, but, you know, there is a Civil War showing ten minutes later, which we could do if you really wanted to. And she was like, no, fuck you, we're gonna go see <laughs> Finding Dory, and so we would stop Finding Dory. <laughs> Uh, I can beat that. I think I was trying to remember. Yeah, no, this is right. I had my first kiss in the back of the theater while Civil War was playing. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but that's not a Fighting Dory story. No, it's a Captain America Civil War Dory? story. That's a war story if ever I've heard one. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Wait, why weren't you paying attention during Captain America Civil War? Adeline, I had already film. seen it. Oh, okay. Oh, so you won the argument about seeing Civil yeah, War again. This is the, yeah, mine is the success story and then yours is the <laughs> mine, failure. Mine's a failure. I don't, think, I don't think Anna and I kissed at Finding Dory. Yeah. We probably wow. would have if we had seen if we had seen Civil War instead. Yeah. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I don't honestly have a lot of notes on this. Because um, it's just good. It's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I kind of bristled at some of the jokes in it, to be honest. I think it's, its hit ratio with humor is not as good as pretty much all other Pixar movies. Um, well, what, what jokes didn't land for you? Just anytime Marlin does something kind of goofy and it's like out of character for him. I just, I didn't think it was really that funny. I just thought it was like more embarrassing than anything else, you know? Like, give me an example. Like I'm when done, they run I'm... away from the anglerfish, and he's like, "Oh yeah, no eating here tonight, no eating here tonight." And you're like, "Okay, that's not." I like that well because he just escaped death, so if yeah. he's excited, it makes sense. I don't know. It's not all those times where they like humorously have him break character. I didn't think were that funny. I just thought they were kind of embarrassing, personally. Okay. I don't know what you're personally. talking about. So, <laughs> I mean, that's just something they do every once in a while. He gets excited about something and sings a little song or whatever. I don't think it's always that. Well, if he does anyway. it more than once, then that's just a part of his character. <laughs> yeah, but it's supposed to be funny, and it's not to me. Okay. Anyway, okay. I think it's fucking hilarious that all the fish are really into dentistry. I know that's, that's really, really good. good. 
It'll like, only bring it up like once, but it's just hilarious. No, like more than once. And then like the pelican flies in the window and he's just like, oh, hey, what's up? Did I miss anything? Yeah. Like, this is so good that they're like all really into dentistry and like the technique of it. It's just, and it's just like, I love that because the whole thing is the dentist doesn't like the big bird being in his office because he's a big bird. But there's so <laughs> right. many times when he's just like fucking in the window and the dentist doesn't just notice. Watching. Yeah. Um, there's also just another gag that I think is really funny is when they're down in the anglerfish where mm-hmm. they're like looking at the white and Marlon's like, I feel really happy. I know. Which is a big deal for me. Which is really good. <laughs> it's I really think it's good. Really funny. <laughs> um, okay. I want to talk about the score to this movie. It's very um, good. By Thomas Newman, who is, I think, maybe among my favorite composers because his score to Finding Nemo and his score to Series of Unfortunate Events are both, like, obviously the because I watched both TV of those show? movies. The movie. Okay, um, great. Like, God, obviously this... because I watched both of those a lot as a kid. But Can we do like, the Series so... of Unfortunate movie? That is a, a perfect movie for us, it's I think. So, it's That's got to be what we movie. do eventually. There were a lot of movies that we watched as kids that were not, like, hyper-popular movies. That are really um, good. Yeah, but, like, I feel like... Series of Unfortunate Events and, like, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory were, like, two movies that were in our heavy rotation for a really Oh, yeah, long time definitely. That are not <laughs> life-defining films for pretty yeah. much anyone else. Well, that and, the, and that weird VHS of Alice in Wonderland that we had where uh, right. What's His Face plays the turtle soup song. Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder, yeah. yeah. And the girl who plays, um, what's her name in Napoleon Dynamite is Alice. Yeah. What's your name in Napoleon Dynamite? The girl. What's the name of the girl in Napoleon Dynamite? Napoleon Dynamite also. Is Whoopi Goldberg the Cheshire Cat? Yes. Yes. That has a fucking that movie has a fucking stacked cast. Yeah, and I've never seen Lloyd playing the White Knight. Um, hold on, let me look at it. Alice in Wonderland. Um, the one it's like yeah, here we go, nineteen ninety nine. Um, let's see. Oh, Robbie Coltrane is Tweedledum. Yeah. And Ben Kingsley is the Caterpillar. Who played and the White Knight? The White Knight was uh, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. And Martin Short was the Mad Hatter. Gene Wilder. And there's got to be... That's all the big ones. I was I was talking like I was going to keep naming forever, but there weren't that many other ones. I mean, um, that's a lot, though. Yeah, still, though. It had, like, a really good cast. Um, where... What... When did that happen? What... TV channel was that for? I don't. Was it a was it a TV movie? Yeah, it says TV movie on IMDb. Well, because Grammy and Papa had the VHS of it, so that's why how right. we got it. Let's see. Details UK. So I guess it was just BBC. Huh. It was just something the BBC commissioned. They're like, we're gonna do an Alice in Wonderland, and we're gonna get everybody in the world. Who's why is no one British in that? <laughs> I, Those are yeah, British they are. actors. They are. No, Robbie Coltrane is, and Ben I mean, Kingsley yeah. is. And is Chris- Gene Wilder? Christopher Lloyd isn't. No, Gene Wilder is not. Yeah, Gene Wilder is like a cowboy. Um, yeah, I don't know. At least a couple of them are. <laughs> ben Kingsley's British, right? I don't know. I don't anyway, know. At least one. I know Robbie Coltrane is British. He plays Hagrid. <laughs> um, I hope he's British, right? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Whatever. There are a lot of other actors besides famous people who are probably British. Who are probably British. Um, But yeah, I just want to say that I think Monsters, Inc. and Finding Nemo are the two best scores in the Pixar catalog. They're Um, very good. 
about besides the maybe The Incredibles? Yeah. Right. And then what's great about it is that those three movies are all right in a row, and they're all three different composers, which yeah. just kicks ass. It's my favorite thing in the world. That they just had this streak of like getting the best scores ever in history out of people for like three yeah. years. Um, but yeah, and I don't know. Thomas Newman has like such a really, really distinct musical style mm-hmm. that like I can't name a lot of other composers who are so like just distinct you know yeah he Um, likes those like big like round notes like if that makes any sense like well he doesn't have a lot of like lush over orchestrated chords you know he he works a lot just in like the 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 bass note in the fifth and just like letting it expand out on that really simple harmony rather than like doing really complicated dramatic chords you know yeah um, I know we're talking about Finding Nemo, but God damn it, Jim Carrey is Count Olaf. It's just such a fucking slam dunk. Like I'm just <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, um, that movie's so good. What was the next one after uh, Incredibles? Oh, that was Cars, and that doesn't have a good soundtrack. So yeah, they broke the streak. The more that I've thought about, because when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I just accepted Cars. I was like, when I was kids. <laughs> when I was kids. Before I absorbed my twin. <laughs> I absorbed my twin when I was seven. Seven? But... <laughs> you just ate him, swallowed yeah. him. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't like an embryo. No, I just like ate him one day. Anyway. <laughs> but like, I just like accepted Cars. Like I was like, this is a movie. I enjoy it. Cars is good movie. But now, now that we're all adults and we're all talking about it, I think Cars might be a bad film. <laughs> I'm, I might be I mean, done look, with Cars. <laughs> look, look, look. When was the last time you saw it? It's been a grip. So I think we should reserve judgment okay. until we watch it two months from now. But right? Like, Is that you, fair? But like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what really gets me about Cars is Pixar, like, just turned, just, like, grabbed the cash cow that is Mater and just fucking ran with it. <laughs> I know. Which I don't even yeah. understand, but that's neither here nor there. And Here's what we should do. What's even funnier about the film is that there's no reason... For them to be cars. Like, the plot of the <laughs> movie has nothing to do with the fact that they're cars. I know. We'll cover this. We'll cover this later. Here's what I think we should do. Okay. I think after we do cars, we should have a special bonus episode where we only watch all of the Mater short films. There's on Disney so Plus. many of them. There are at least a feature film's worth of Mater short films on There's Disney so Plus. so many. Maybe, you know what would be kind of fun, actually, is what? if someday in the future, when we finish off the Pixar catalog, we have a bonus episode where we talk about all the, like, spin-off short films. Not, like, yeah. the original short films, but all the ones that are, like, this is a Monsters, Inc. one, this is a Toy Story one, this is a Cars one, whatever. That sounds kind of fun to me. Mm-hmm. If you, I don't know, I'm planning for maybe years in yeah. advance. Does that, but... does that include Forky? Yeah, that includes Forky. Forky acts a question. Okay, look. Here's the thing about Forky Asks a Question. Yeah. Most of them suck, but there are, like, two of them that I actually really like. And that's just enough to keep me clicking on them, even though I know that I hate them most of the time. (laughs) You feel me? What are the two that you like? I really like, there's one that's What is Love, where it's Forky Asks, um, I think it's the porcupine? But then... We get the three, like, old retired kids' toys from Toy Story 4 that are voiced by 
uh, Carol Burnett and Ed Asner and whoever else, like this three like really old famous actors. Yeah. And um, and it's basically being like, oh, drama and storytelling. And Porky's like, that sounds lame. I don't think I would like that. Romance sounds stupid. And then like the three of them have this like really crazy intense like love triangle drama play out for three of them. And they're like all these baby toys voiced by 80 year old actors. <laughs> And it's just really good, and I it think it's very great. funny. God, and I'm always so chasing that high. I'm always chasing the high of Forky asks, "What is love?" And none it, of them are ever as good as that. This is a frozen take because it's so old, and everyone has said it so many times. But like Carol Burnett is so cool. I love Carol yeah, Burnett. She's good. Um, oh, Mel Brooks was the other one. Oh, um, <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, no, it's Carol Burnett and Mel Brooks and Ed Asner playing baby toys, and they have this like melodrama, that's and Forky's really good. just like. <gasps> No! And it's great. It's a good one. That's the good one. If you're going to watch new Forky short films, watch that one. That's the official No Nerds Allowed endorsement of that particular short film. What is love? Uh, okay, here's, here's some punch-up that I would do. Uh-huh. There's that bit right when Marlon wakes up and he's on Crush's back and he's like, okay, hold on, dude! And then he like goes down and it goes fast for a second and then it's kind of over. Yeah. Like, make that into a thing. Make that a whole thing. That's what I would do. Yeah. Like, make some obstacles. Make it, like, a genuine action sequence instead of just, like, 20 seconds of, like, oh, like the drop at the end of Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) At the beginning of Pirates of the Caribbean, Jackson. There's more than one drop, Adeline. There's one at the end, too. It's smaller, but also, whatever. It's not as fun. Anyway. Yeah. I especially make note of it because I listen to the Finding Nemo soundtrack a lot. Yeah. And there's this really rad song that kicks in during that time, which is like, and then it's like 20 seconds long, and then it's just over. <laughs> like, oh. And then we're done. I kind of wish that was like a, a whole thing, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, what I really like is I like how kind of, First of all, I really like that Marlin and Dory don't have a romantic relationship. I like that they just, like, care about each other. Like, I think right. that's really cool. Mm. And then it's... Ellen DeGeneres is doing a good job. People make fun of her yeah. for playing this role. But, like, she honestly does a whole lot of shit. And she does a great job. Right. Have you seen that clip? I think it's from Ellen. Um, where she had Tom Hanks on. And she was like, oh, and... You like to think everything on, I don't know, people say everything on, like, interview television is all scripted, but this went so poorly, I cannot imagine it wasn't. Um, Ella DeGeneres was like, oh, hey, we both voice beloved Pixar characters. Let's do, like, kind of this improv exercise where you're Woody and I'm Dory and we'll do a thing. And Tom Hanks is like, oh, okay, that sounds fun. And then basically it just comes to pass that um, Dory is the worst and least productive character in an improv exercise ever. Yeah. Because <laughs> Tom Hanks is like, oh my gosh, uh, hi, I'm Woody. Have you seen my hat? And she's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll help you look for your hat. And he's like, great. I think I saw it over here. And then she's like, hi, who are you? And Tom Hanks is like, um, I, hi, I'm w- I'm Woody, why don't you remember me? And it's like, oh no, this is the worst. This is the worst. This is awful. <laughs> like, I don't know. Ellen DeGeneres just turns into like the most hostile improv partner not, ever. That's not Ellen's fault. That's just what Dory's like. I know. It's just, it was just a bad idea and it went super poorly. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's just a thing on the internet that I think is really funny. Maybe I'll put it on the Facebook if I, if I find it. 
or the Twitter. I don't know. I can't decide whether, look, look, look. I'm doing a whole bunch of social media. Uh-huh. I'm trying to decide whether I want to have exclusive content on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or just post the same thing in all three places. Because I want people to follow all of them. Yeah. But also, it's a lot of content to generate. I'm that just is one a lot man. Of content. You maybe, know? maybe have like always put everything that uh, like always post everything on everything. But then on like you have like Facebook Fridays and Instagram Tuesdays, where it's like you have <laughs> like scheduled times where you like post new content to the other things. Whatever. This isn't funny. Um, no, it's just, this is just clerical work. Um. Oh. I should have put this at the beginning. I, we have a website now. We have a Wix website that has a bad URL, but I'm going to buy a custom URL soon. Um, Do you want to maybe wait to announce it then? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's done now, though. Yeah, whatever. We'll cut it out. I'll do it next time. Because yeah. um, I can oh, also... Okay, okay. Here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. Okay. There are many different... I, I have. We have a website now, and I've yet to buy a domain name for it. Um, it will obviously be nonerdsallowed.com or whatever, but there are many different domain extensions available for purchase for nonerdsallowed.whatever. Dot fart. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a, a poll on Twitter. This is my call to action. I'm going to put a poll on Twitter. I would say as of right now, our front runners are probably um, dot horse, um, dot furniture, um, dot Republican. We're not doing dot Republican. <laughs> no, why not? I want to do dot Republican. In this, in this economy. In this economy. Um, what were some of the other really good ones? Um, dot pizza. That was also a good one. I'm going to dot pizza is good. <laughs> There's dot ninja. Um, so you maybe faith. think that maybe having something other than .com would maybe hurt our brand? <laughs> no, not at all. Because you're I making think it no harder nerds to allowed, find. No, I think if you heard the phrase no nerds allowed .horse even once, <laughs> you would remember it. One okay, time. look, just for the, just, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, okay? I'll okay. put .com in the survey. If enough people vote for .com, okay. I'll just do .com and I'll be happy about it. But... I think dot furniture, dot horse, dot pizza, or dot republican are all really funny. We're not doing dot republican. If it wins the poll, we have to do it. Adelaide. No, I have I have the right to veto. I'm paying for it. I'm paying for the domain. I have the but I am if I bounce, you won't have a podcast anymore. The the like general message of this movie is fun, right? Because it's about like not being overprotective and not being paranoid about everything, but it's mm-hmm. also not. Just chill out because it'll probably be fine, you know? Yeah. It's like... It's like still be present. Yeah. Like, bad stuff can happen even if you're really careful. So why be a downer about it, you know? Yeah. Um, it reminds me of... Um, Jim Carrey has a bit in his stand-up routine um, where, it, you know, it's not like a stand-up bit. But he just talks about how, like, his dad was just, like, a real estate agent. Um, but he still failed at that and like got fired and like had to rebuild his life and basically like never had a, a satisfying career, you know? Yeah. Um, and he just like remembers thinking to himself, like, you can still fail even if you're not doing the thing you want to do. So yeah. why not ever just do the thing you want to do, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's kind of close to the message of this movie. Like, it's just, like, bad things could happen and will happen no matter what. So why why be such a doofus about it? Yeah, you, you know? can make the best out of what goes wrong. Right. Um, okay, here's a question I have for you. Okay. Is the implication that Dory can actually talk to whales? Yes. I think that's whack. I don't think Dory should actually have been able to talk to the whale. Okay. Well, sorry. <laughs> I don't... I mean, I, I just think it's stupid. I just think it's a little bit stupid. I don't, Do you I think remember it be a goof. in Finding Dory, she's got her friend who's a whale who taught her how to speak whale? Yeah, but she's also a doofus. But she is a whale. So that's kind of the gag, I thought. But she speaks... Whale. English, not English, fish, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. She Call talks me. to other fish regularly. She's not bilingual, I guess. I don't know. I guess she is. She I'm is. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson, Dory can speak whale. Let it go. I think it's dumb that Dory can speak whale. That's all I'm saying. All right. <laughs> if I were writing it, I would make it that she can't speak whale. So do you have a one-star review, or... <laughs> no, not yet. I think it, I think it's good writing that um, Dory finds Nemo. You know I think who it's else? good writing that Dory finds Nemo and Dory doesn't remember. It's very exciting and interesting as an audience member. Do you know who else finds Nemo? Everybody in the movie. Pretty much everybody in the movie. That one crab who's like, hey. Yeah, that's true. Hey, he does find doing, Nemo. Hey? And Get they, out of here. And they hang him over a balcony. Yeah. They hang, they hang Michael Jackson hangs his baby over a balcony. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to put that in the IMDb trivia. <laughs> <laughs> you're, um, you're wrong on all accounts. <laughs> okay. So, yes, I do have a one-star review of Finding Nemo. All right. <clears throat> this person is Finding Nemo one star. So, which just already means that they're an asshole. Um, and they say. If my school shows this goddamn movie one more time, I'm going to start swinging, bruh. Like, Finding Dory is literally already out. Why not fucking play that instead? Like, come on, son. (laughs) I take back everything I just said. This guy's right. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's great. This guy's my role model, I think. He knows what he wants, and he's going to get it, and he's going to start swinging, bruh. Start swinging, bruh. (laughs) Anyway, my name's Jackson McMurray. My name's Ally McMurray. And this is no nerds allowed. (laughs) Is NPR. Wait, no! (laughs) 